Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift episode 248. I, of course, am your host. And I forgot, Eric. I forgot. What was it? This, this. Oh, I'm your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. Oh no! I'm, this, I'm the science master. What was it like? The science, the science man. The science I forgot man, what it was. Science master, science guru. What was it? Oh, we're gonna have to check out the old patron exclusive now. Oh, it's only been man. a day, and we forgot. It's been a day. <laughs> it's One been day. a weird, wild day. <laughs> Jeez, please. <laughs> I can't works. believe it. I I knew I wasn't going to remember, and so now it's this is what you always do. I know it's going to happen, and I knew it at the time, and now it's happened, and now I'm sad. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm here. It's episode 248. I don't even remember if I said that now, because I'm so verklempt over the science man thing. <laughs> but I'm me. I'm Matt. You're funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. And it's Eric, <laughs> the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beast master, third shift. He's here with me, too. You heard him already. I'm already on. So why don't we just, I, I don't know why you gave him an intro. He's like, yeah, that was Eric. Hey, Eric, how was your week? There we go. That's how we're doing that, it. Go. That is, that's how you do it. That's how you do it, everybody. And by week, well, who knows? I visited family. I went down to the Ohio. Said, hello, everybody. How are you doing? Do, 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 do. Did all the things. We did some barbecue. We did some hangout. And uh, had a good time. You know, the world is healing. We're all going back to normal. Everybody's hanging out again and having a good old time. So I participated in that, saw the family, got some gaming in, which I'll talk about in a little bit on one particular game specifically. But besides visiting family, all I've been doing is prepping the house. We're putting hardwood floors in, so I've been ripping out carpets, doing all sorts of stuff. You know, you know how it goes. Eric's always doing something. So that's what I've been doing, ripping carpets, doing all sorts of stuff, pulling nails, getting that ready. Now I got to pack it all up in the truck. I got to take it to the dump. I got to take all this burn pile stuff out there. I got to burn it all up. I'm a busy man. You know, if I had a friend named Matt who would help me, it'd make it so much faster. You know what I mean? These jobs I got to do, whew, I tell you. I got this 10-hour work shift, man. I can't possibly come over. You're you're done by the time I get Ten out. 10-hour work That's, shifts are no. over for you, all right? What are you talking about? I don't know what... Oh, no, oh, yeah, we haven't you got can't, to You can't yet. prove it on the podcast. That's right. We can't prove it to the listeners. <laughs> Until you say it, we don't know it. That's right. You're, exactly. You're correct. So, in real life, that's what I've been doing. Game-wise, I've been playing, as Matt said, near Replicant. I'm on the Bravo playthrough. I didn't say that yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, I said, said that beforehand. What was it? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's while we were BS beforehand. Oh, my God. Hey, everybody. How am I supposed to know these things? We're very professional here on Third Shift. Oh, goodness. That's what we get for chatting right up to the go sign. That's what we uh-huh. get. So, anywho, as Matt did not say, I will tell you, I've been playing New Replicant. I got through the Alpha playthrough. I've been to the Bravo playthrough. I told everybody on the Patreon that I was probably going to finish Bravo the other day. It didn't happen. I got into the last dungeon area, but it got to that point where I was like, yeah, I just want to go watch a show and go to bed, you know, cruise down and cruise control and relax. So I'm right on the cusp. I'll probably do it tonight, depending on when this ends, depending on how life goes. And then we got to go Charlie and Delta and maybe even Echo. I don't know. I hope they're a lot shorter because I need this to be done because we got Ratchet and Clank coming out as I've mentioned already. A lot of games busting at the seams, ready to rock and roll. I've also decided i got to get it in Persona 5 Strikers. 
So I popped that back in and I was like, well, I don't know. What am I even doing? I don't even know anymore. So I get in there and I'm just I'm re-talking to everybody so that my mind refreshes itself. And I go, oh, yeah, we did that thing and we did that. Ah, okay, I, I get where I'm at now. And then it's like, hey, what what's going on? We're going to introduce this new thing. What was that? Request. Oh, I know what those are. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to put that back in the game. Yeah, we're putting it back in the game, Merrick. Hey, and, and to start things off, here's 15 of them. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, well, that's cool. I like it, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, am I going to be able to finish this game in like eight days, you think? No, Eric. You got 15 requests to do before you even go back on your main mission. Okay. All right. Um... I don't know what to do. Uh, I'll do two of these requests. Yeah, this is fun. Just cool. It's easy peasy because I'm smoking through some old stuff, you know, that I already beat up. Uh, I like this. Uh, the interactions are fun. Yeah, it's all persona stuff. Cool. I'm, I'm having a great time. Eric. Eric, you got eight days. And you got to beat near replicant. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. But this is, in theory, I'm assuming, this is what's going to help you make those other dungeons easier because now you're getting more xp because mm-hmm. you're going in again you already farmed a million times but now you're going back getting some extra stuff and doing more persona style funsies you yeah know? and that's where i think this game finally kicks in and takes a turn for the better because they didn't introduce requests all throughout the first dungeon and then halfway through the second one and i was like oh my god am i literally just gonna have to just grind to get levels and then go fight the boss this sucks so they just introduced requests, and now, like you said, now it's fun. Now there's story beats and, and special rewards to get for doing these things, which will level you up, which will put you at an advanced stage at which you can go beat up the boss with no issues. So it's exactly what I wanted in the first place. It's just that because I got demotivated and stopped playing, now it's at a time where I got games on the horizon I want to be playing, and I'm like, ah, crap, man. Now I got to multitask. This, this isn't what I wanted to do. I kind of was hoping to focus, you know, beat a game, beat a game, beat a game, beat a game. And now I'm going to have to be like, oh, well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. All right, we'll, we'll juggle both. So that's the only bummer about it. I, I'm glad they put it in there. And uh, it really does make things a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. So I'll definitely be playing it again. But uh, since I'm so close to that Bravo beat of Near Replicant, I'm going to finish that and see what the uh, Charlie playthrough is going to bring me because I'm hoping it's like an expedited adventure and then I can finish and wrap that game up and put it in my books. So that way we can get to the the next game besides Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, which I'll talk about when I play it, but that's not the game I want to talk about. But I want to get to Matt before before we mention it and have a little back and forth on it together since we both played it now so matt hey that was my week how about you buddy for me it was a weird week i mean the the actual week itself was nice having a long weekend is always nice from work didn't really do anything didn't really do anything special i watched uh, army of the dead on netflix though i thought that was pretty good you know me i'm not a zombie movie guy but that was probably my favorite one other than like Shaun of the dead that i've seen because it wasn't just you know what i don't like about zombie movies it's just Nonstop gross, if, whether it's, you know, just gore stuff, but then it's also humans being gross to each other, like nonstop. That's what, that's what it all devolves into. And I just go, I don't want to see that. But this one, there was a little bit of the second part, but not a lot. And then it wasn't just like a gore fest, just like, you know, like, oh man, he's getting pulled apart. Look at these beautiful shots of like guts ripped and, out and of stuff. Them. 
Which, I mean, it can be fun. I like that in more of like a campy way, like Planet Terror. I love mm-hmm. that. Big cheesy gore, you know, Django Unchained, big squibs and stuff. I like gore and stuff, but this one was, it was more subdued and it was, it was pretty good. I also watched Six Underground on Netflix. Obviously, I'm like two years behind on watching that. But that was a lot of fun, too. And then what did I watch today? Oh, today while I was home from work because I was sick, I watched uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. But that's the, like, choose-your-own-adventure. Every time there's an option, you can pick right or left or go or stop or, you know, do all these other crazy things for the main character. It's got all the different endings. Each time you reach one, you can kind of jump back to the previous decision point to see what the other ones would have been. That was awesome. I see why I got all the great press back in the day. That's what I say about every movie or show that I miss out on. And finally watch, I go, oh... Wow, it was fantastic. Three cinematic adventures for me. Good times on the video game front. Animal Crossing New Horizons, I play it every day. There's not much else to say. And then I talked about this a lot on the Patreon, on the Whatcha Playing, but I tried to play Watch Dogs Legion that I've had on my Xbox literally since day one that you handed it to me and were like, here's your Xbox that you paid for. And I plugged it in, I downloaded it, and it just it just wasn't it. There's a lot of stuff I like about that game, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't like too, and it just didn't click. Like, the gameplay itself is fun, but everything outside of that, just it just didn't hook me. So after that, and I went, okay, I can't do it. Uninstall. I gave it the good old college try. I gave it a few hours every single day, all week long. Can't do it. I went on Games Pass, because Mass Effect Andromeda was my Games Pass game for May. And I went, mm, what's in the play later queue? You know what? I need a relatively small RPG experience. I'm going to download Iconfell. Downloaded that. Started playing it, got 20 minutes into it, and you know how it is when there's a game and you know you're going to like and you play it, but it's just not it at the time. It looks great. It sounds great. I'm sure it's going to play great. I've heard nothing but great stuff about it, but it just, it wasn't what I needed right then. So I went, okay, you're going back in the play later queue. You're not the game for this month. What do I need? I need something. You know what? I've been waiting to play Slay the Spire for a long time. Roguelike deck builder game. I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. I think I actually own it for PlayStation because I got it on Super Sale and never played it. So it's on Games Pass. Download it here for the Xbox. Booted it up. First run through. Beat the first boss. Then died on the second floor. Okay, cool. Next run through. Died on the boss of the first floor with a different character. Okay, cool. Started up the third character. Beat the whole thing. I went, oh. Don't do this to me. Don't be Monster Train. Please don't be Monster Train. I started up the fourth character, got my ass kicked. And all these characters play totally differently, have all different cards in their deck that synergize in all kinds of different ways. And then ever since then, I've been playing Slay the Spire pretty much nonstop. That game is fantastic. I love it. It's everything that you know I like in games, pulling all the strings, building your deck, and you go, well, if I get this card, then I have to get this other card that synergizes with it, and I get this other one that duplicates a card or doubles its effect, so I'm going to play that one on this one, and then when that one comes up, I'm going to play this one on that one, and then that's going to roll in. Just so many beautiful moments in that game. There's like a rogue class that gets a lot of poison cards. And just laying the bosses out with poison. In that game, you can see like enemy attacks and like you can see their health bar and how much your poison will take off of that health bar. So it starts out all red. And then as poison gets bigger, it gets a big green bar on there. There's so many bosses when I play as that rogue where it starts out, the bar is completely red. After turn one, there's a little bit of sliver of green. And then it goes, then the whole bar is green. And I'm just like, yes, because I get those cards that are, Add this many stacks of poison. Add that many stacks of poison. Then there's one that's 
triple the enemy's poison. So that's already huge. I have a duplicate of that one. Triple the enemy's poison again. They're gone. They're dead. I got a trophy for having more than 99 stacks of poison on a boss. Oh, so good. And then today, I got back into near replicant a little bit. Because like I said, home from work because I was sick. Busted it out. Having lots of fun with that. I'm still in the alpha playthrough. Basically started the second half of it. I'm collecting Uh the pieces to get to fill out your little treasure map thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did that. I did the Forest of Myth sequence Uh in that, which is also awesome. As soon as they said, hey, maybe go back to the forest, I went, yes, because that place is the best. And that was it for me this week. So, Eric, you can talk about that other thing you've been playing. Right now, go for it. You can do it. we both did this, all right? We both, Matt, in fact, Matt was the one who went, hey, Eric, hey, listen, man, did you know the Scarlet Nexus uh, uh, demo's available on PlayStation? I went, well, I did not, but I'm going to go play it. And of course, if you already know, because you listened to the last episode, Matt got to play it before I did because it was available on the Xbox sooner than the PlayStation. Well, I got to go through. And boy, oh golly gee, I went and played the female first, and it was weird. It was a little bit strange. Just like Matt had already explained, I was like, well, okay, this is kind of funky. Oh, man, I'm not sure about how this is all working. Got through the demo. Then I'm like, all right, I'm going to play the guy. Play the guy. He has a katana, whereas the female has, like, some blades, little, like, little throwing knife-like things that hover around her. Guy, completely different story. Completely different story. It was exactly, like, what you thought it should be. He's flying around, using the katana, slashing. You've got these side abilities that you can borrow from your compatriots, your partners in crime. And then one gives you, like, fire. It puts fire on your blade. So now you're running around doing fire attacks, doing little fire tornadoes when you do your combos. And then another guy's like, hey, push me, and I'm a shield. You're immune to damage for a certain amount of time. Easy to peasy to understand. Teleportation allows you to go through, like, fencing, stuff like that. Or just teleport around. Clairvoyance. Hey, enemies that go invisible. I can see them. Now I can borrow that power, and I can see enemies that go invisible. It all clicked. It was just like, oh, gotcha. Okay, and then that's when I started to just, like, understand that while you're attacking, you want to constantly be shifting and using your your friend's abilities, and then you rock and roll. And then you're smoking through baddies, you're getting your skill points up, you're getting levels, you're going nuts. It was awesome. And I went, oh, this game is it. This game is it. I beat the demo for the guy, and then I went, you know what? I didn't give the female protagonist enough justice because I went through kind of blind and whatever. So I went back and played as her, and now I smoked it. Because now I understood what's going on. I understood that I needed to make sure I was using their abilities to make me better, to make me faster, to make me stronger, to make up for any weaknesses I have as a character. And then on top of it, even in the demo, which I thought was really cool, they have side characters, a couple characters in reserve that you don't have in your primary party, but you can swap out. So already, without even getting the game, they were like, hey, we want to give you a little bit of option. Do you think you just really don't need teleportation? Well, that's fine. Now you can switch out for something else. And the same with the female protagonist. You could just switch it out. You got you know, many other options. A lot of different playthroughs. Crazy. And you can swap them on the fly, too, yeah. right? That's just in the pause menu. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to use teleportation in battle. I'm going to use this guy. But, hey, look, here's the fence with the item on the other yeah. side. Swippity swap. Boing. There you go. You did it. Yeah. It was super quick to swap them out. Super easy. No big deal. There's no penalties. Nothing involved in that. Uh, I will say, and I talked to Matt already about this one, was the one thing that was crazy and kind of bugged me was as you play and as you're doing attacks – 
your overdrive builds up. And once it maxes out, you go into an overdrive state, which gives you all sorts of cool like benefits, abilities, etc. But most games these days, when you get to that state, it allows you to choose when you want to trigger it. And I don't know why they decided to do this yet. Maybe it's because it's going to be up quite a bit, so it's not going to be as big a deal as I think it is at the moment. But in the demo, it always bugged me because it popped in the middle of me just doing some story plotline stuff or something. And then so half of my overdrive is just spent collecting materials or just talking and looking around or something. And then off I go to the boss where boop, it drains out and now I'm just regular old me knowing that now in this whole boss fight, I'm not getting overdrive. I just got to beat the boss as is. And that part was kind of weird to me. I think it was kind of a bad move. They should put it on a trigger or something. And like I told you, I think they will because both of the stories are basically the same. But it's like, hey, it's your first mission. Go out and learn how to do all the stuff. So I have a feeling in the story there's going to be some kind of next level where you can harness that. You know, your character learns how to harness their innate power. And that's what puts it on a trigger or something. Or maybe there'll just be so many damn enemies that it won't matter because you're just building it up and popping it off all the freaking time. All the time, yeah. I, I hope you're right, and I, I'm sure that is going to be the case. One of those two scenarios will come across. But it was just really nice. I mean, overall, the graphics, super cool. The characters, the anime, I was I was gushing to Matt. You know, I was like, I love the gameplay of this, just the hack and slash, using the abilities on the fly, flipping across. It reminded me a little bit of um, Final Fantasy twelve, I think it was, where like it was super fast, and you were just constantly comboing, doing... Switching, 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 doing more combos, just trying to rack it all up. And that's how you beat bosses. Are you talking about 13, where you switch your roles around back and forth? Yes, that's what it was. Not 12, not 12 had like the MMO combat. Yeah, that was the MMO. It was 13, where it was like yeah. super fast paced and weird and just totally new for what any you know Final Fantasy has ever done before. It kind of felt like that because once I got used to those abilities, I was just I was constantly just yeah. going in and out, going in and out, going in and out, using whatever I thought was most likely going to you know get me the best DPS, mm-hmm. and I had a great time with it. And then of course while you're doing all that, having a great time, colorful game, you get done and it bust into like a cool little anime set piece or or one of those like little talking bits where the anime heads would pop up and go, I'm a sucker for that stuff. So anytime there's fun dialogue and you're interacting with your, you know, your your NPC characters, I was like, oh yeah. And then of course it shows you the cutscenes where you're gonna interact with uh, the other protagonist that you're not in the future, and there's like a relationship going on. We got on that wild tangent where like, man, maybe you'll get the entire party eventually coming together, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna have like freaking 15, 17 different abilities at your disposal to mix and match and do whatever you want with. And I was like, I can't wait. Because imagine what kind of awesome boss fights or like tandem boss fights you could have if you have all the characters' abilities all at once. Maybe it's like a two-pack of bosses. Maybe this boss, it's weak to everything that the girl's team has, and this other boss is weak to everything that the guy's team normally has, or mix and match. When this guy's on, if you hit him with this, then this guy starts to rage out, so you got to go stonewall when he's raging out, and when he exhausts, then it pops over to... They could do so much cool stuff with all that. Yeah, then that's where I get excited. The combinations that you could come up with and the combinations that the developer could come up with to go against you, just, it blows my mind. 
And then, of course, the implications of them all interacting and then the story that that could follow and take with all the cool anime stuff going on because I love anime. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, Uh, this game. Bandai Namco, man. And I don't play too many Bandai Namco games, but this one just for some reason stuck out. And rightly so. Because it's, it's turned out to be freaking amazing. I 100% agree with you. But while you started first talking about Scarlet Nexus, I remembered that I totally forgot to rave about something else in Slay the Spire. So I'm going to do that right now because it's my show and nobody can tell me what to do. <laughs> Slay the Spire also has a daily challenge mode. And just like Returnal, when I told you it's it's so awesome and fun to do, it's awesome and fun to do in Slay the Spire as well. Because they take your base deck of whatever character you play and they totally screw with it. Instead of, you know, I'm used to daily challenges being either they're super hard or there's just like no frills whatsoever and you just do it. But here they take it and you have like three different modifiers and like usually one or two of them makes it a little more difficult. But the third one they throw in makes it super crazy and unique. Like, well, the one that I tweeted out about, I played as the Ironclad, which is kind of the basic warrior class. You go through and you're usually just attacking and defending. And you can do a little bit more stuff with his base deck, but you can't do a lot of fancy stuff. But that run that I was in, anytime you get a card, you get like six copies of that card. And all the class cards were unlocked. So anytime you got a card, you could pick from the mage class, the ranger class. Those aren't the actual names, but you get the idea. Using all those cards in combination with his cards and then multiing them up, I got so many rounds just in that one run of... During this round, I will stockpile energy for the next round. And then there are cards where its power is an X. Because you play it, and it uses all the mana you have left, or the energy you have left, to do something to that card. That one that I took a screenshot of, I had so many buffs on my character, that I think the default damage for that card is like 15 damage. You do 15 damage X number of times. But he was so buffed up that the 15 went up to 51. And then the X that I used the turn before was 20. So I did 51 damage 20 times to an enemy with one card, which I think had a mana power of one. So nothing can stand against you when you get those awesome combos going. And you you can't really do stuff that ridiculous just playing it the base way. But every now and then, like I said with the poison, you can find those little tricks. And after that combat, you get that one card that changes your whole play style. Because now you got that, now you are going poison. Now you got this, now you're going next turn build up energy. It's so beautiful. It's such an awesome system. And I just appreciate that every daily challenge is something new and fun. I've beaten the game twice as far as you can beat it on the introductory level. Mm -hmm. On two of those challenges, it was a cakewalk because it made your character feel so much different and so much more powerful in a different way than you ever play them normally. And it was so much fun. So thank you for all these awesome daily challenge modes, Returnal, Slay the Spire. Anyone else who's going to do this, keep doing that because it's awesome. Man, oh man. Look at all these dang fantastic games that we've been checking out, demos we've been playing. Oh, what a time to be a gamer. You know what I mean? God bless. And of course, that ain't it, Matt. We got more because there's some game releases this month. Not just this month, but this week too. Hey, what you got for this week, (laughs) eh? You know, hey, it's been a funky month. You know, what do you want from me? And I got Stonefly. All right, this I heard. I've heard nothing about this game. Mm-hmm. It was completely a blind side. I'm like, what in the holy hell is this game? How have, how has it not been mentioned anywhere I've ever listened to any podcast? Because I listened to a billion of them. All right, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little bit about this game. 
It was developed by Flight School Studio, published by MWM Interactive, released June 1st for anything. PC, Xbox, PS4, PS5, Switch, you know, all the goodies. It's all there for you. You can play it wherever you want to play it. So go grab it if this sounds interesting to you. Now, you play as a young woman living with her family, her father in particular. Mother's gone, deceased. And you are a human, except for on this particular planet, I don't know what planet it is, you are all very small. And there's very few humans left. You live amongst the bugs, etc. in this world. But you are smart. Okay, because here's where the game gets crazy cool, and this is what the whole game's about. Your father has this really cool high-end mech, all right? Super awesome, means a lot to him. You decide one day that you woke up late, you didn't go out and gather the resources you needed to gather for your father to, you know, just live and do your daily day-to-day. So you cheat. You get your father's mech out, and then you go into this really cool control base, and that's where you, the player, the young woman, take over the mech, And you go flying across leaves and logs in the wild, gathering resources. At the same time, bugs are out there, things are happening, and you're doing this cool, like, flying combat. You'll come jump down. And here's the best part is, is you're not, like, killing them. You're just doing moves where you're knocking them around, knocking them unconscious, throwing them off the logs or the trees, and then the bugs will go disappear. Well, the father's mech gets taken, gets stolen. You lose it. Bad news. You feel terrible. You're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Well, then comes in this new crew who's like, hey, we'll give you, uh, we'll give you overseer of this mech we got, and then you can go try to figure out who the heck stole your father's mech. And you're like, cool, I can do that. Well, at the same time, you still need to gather resources, do stuff so we can survive. All right, so you get this mech. That's a piece of junk. And that's, of course, that's how every video game goes. You start out with a piece of junk mech. You had a taste of what a really cool mech could do with all of its abilities. You know, zooming around, staying in the air instead of having to land every five seconds. All sorts of bonus attacks that can knock over, like, the beetle enemies and just kick them right off in one gust of air. All the cool stuff. So all gone. You start basic. So now here you are, trying to figure out who stole your father's mech, as well as gathering resources, trying to stay alive. The graphics in this are this, like, beautiful cell shaded stuff so it's that type of game where it's always going to look good because the colors are all popping the cell shading's all in there it looks really nice it looks beautiful the music's kind of that calm like peaceful just bells and dings and just light stuff going on so it just gives you that zen vibe while you're playing and of course like i said with the colors popping as they do it feels good and you're not killing anything there's no blood and gore popping off anywhere You're just blowing bugs off the things. Keep them away from you so your mech doesn't get destroyed by them. Gathering up resources. And hey, guess what? You know what those resources are used for? To upgrade your mech. You got a piece of garbage mech. So while you're going through these levels, and you'll get tasks. You'll get like normal tasks, side missions, things like that that you can go complete. Go gather this. Go gather that. You'll get parts. And then you can upgrade your mech. Get new abilities. Your typical standard upgradable stuff. And you'll become awesome. And while you're doing it, you'll, you know, through the main missions, you'll figure out who the heck's responsible for this, why. There's supposedly some big backstory on it, and you get to learn a little bit about your father. And in between all that, you'll cut back to where you're the main character, and you'll have interactions with your father and with this new group that's helping you to find the mech that was stolen. And so you'll start building relationships there, figure out, like, the backstory to this world and why you're all these tiny human beings and living in this weird kind of 
I don't want to say post-apocalyptic because it's not that. It's just you're with a bunch of bugs and you're small and, honey, I shrank the kids. You know, it's a mystery. I don't really know what's going on. Maybe it's that downsizing movie with Mark Wahlberg. No, it's Matt Damon that nobody watched. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's that. Maybe it's that. I don't know. All I can tell you is this game completely off my radar, but it looks really good. It looks really, really beautiful. The gameplay itself was fun, calm, relaxing. What's not to like about it? I don't know. Maybe there's something because nobody's talking about it. But I'm going to let you know. Take your little eyeballs. Go take a peek at Stonefly and see for yourself. Now I'm going to set the stage for my release here. Because oh. I was sitting here you know, at home. Like I said, I played a little bit of Near Replicant. And I went and had lunch. You can't eat while you're playing a game, you know. But I got done with lunch and went, you know what? I need to see what the daily challenge is in Slay the Spire. So I played Slay the Spire. Made it not nearly as far in that daily challenge, but it was still fun. And I went, all right, you know, I don't really want to stop, but I got to look up a game for the releases here. I got to do it. So I went, do, 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 recent video game releases. And it gave me nothing. And I went, you know what? It's been a while since I've done an indie game specifically on the releases. It's been a lot of big games because it's been a lot of big months. So I went, recent indie game releases. And I found a website, I think it was called Into Indie Games. And it said, hey, Griftlands is launching tomorrow on Nintendo Switch Xbox, PlayStation, it's been in the early access on PC, developed and published by Clay Entertainment, who I've loved since the 360 era, when they did Shank and Shank 2, they also did Mark of the Ninja, lately they've been doing Don't Starve, but they kind of fell off my radar for a long time, in between when Don't Starve first came out, and then like everybody's been streaming Don't Starve, and they've been doing expansions to it, and co-op modes, and all that other kind of stuff, but they're back with Griftlands, and I went, hey, it's Clay. And I looked at the first screenshot of Griftlands. There was like a character on one side fighting a character on the other side. And I looked at the bottom of the screen and there was a handful of cards and they each had a little power counter in the corner. And I went, oh, what is God. this? What go. is this? And I looked at it and I went, if this is Slay the Spire in science fiction universe, count my ass in. And it is, but it also isn't because there's a lot more to Griftlands. Because not only is it card combat, you know, you're fighting back and forth, but it also has a lot of RPG elements in which you're playing this character, and this character has, like, their own kind of story that they go through over the course of a few days. From what I can tell, like, a day in Griftlands is like a map in Slay the Spire, because you have all the different encounters, you kind of go up and fight the boss. From what I've heard, there's a boss at the end of each day in Griftlands, and then you continue your story if you beat the boss. Otherwise, it starts over because it's a roguelike deck builder, just like Slay the Spire is. But then I started looking more into it. Not only is there a combat system with cards, but your character also has a whole nother deck of cards because you can negotiate with people in this game. Whether it's bartering for items, haggling for stuff in a shop, whether it's, hey man, don't kill me, team up with me as we go on this quest... You have a whole negotiation deck that plays out like a card combat in a similar way, but different. The interface is slightly different, but it's still the same kind of thing. You see your enemies resolve and your resolve, and you kind of wear each other down or buff yourself up with these different cards that have conversational aspects. I was watching a few videos of it. It's totally wild because in most RPGs, what do you see? Oh, it's just a skill check. It's your skill 12. All right, you passed. But here it's, it's an actual battle. And you got to think, do you want to? Wear them down with demeaning tactics because there's green cards, which are kind of like positive interactions you can have with them. Like, hey, plead or kind of talk them down or calm them down. And then there's red cards, which are like threaten, talk crap about them. But that's important because you can still win the conversation or the negotiation either way. 
But there's also an affinity system in the game. There's factions, and then certain characters in the game can have affinities towards you, good or bad. So if you go into that conversation because you really want that special item, but you talk crap to Jimmy, the vendor, the whole time to win that negotiation, you might get that item, but the next time you go back to him, now he actively dislikes you. Now prices are higher. Now throughout the game, you might have, if he's an important enough character, an active negative stat against you in every interaction you do because of what you did. Whereas if he really likes you or you make friends with this character over here, you might have a permanent positive stat. Now if you go into a negotiation with Jimmy the vendor and Billy the gunslinger really likes you, he will jump in in that negotiation battle and give you active buffs. Or if it's an actual fight, if you're going to say, I'm going to kill Jimmy the Vendor because I don't like him. But Billy, the gunslinger, is friends with Jimmy the Vendor. Even though he would jump in in a negotiation, now if you're fighting with guns and fisticuffs, he might jump in on that guy's side because they're brothers. So there's so much to this. And not only that, but as you're going through on the day, you're kind of going around a big map, going to these locations. You see all these characters you can interact with. The first one I watched was you start off like in a bar. You know, usual like cantina setting. All these characters all around you can have all these interactions with. Some have quests for you to do where you pick up the quest and go somewhere else, have an encounter along the way, or just have an encounter there. It looks like Slay the Spire on steroids in a lot of ways. In kind of like a rundown sci-fi universe with a beautiful clay art style. Clay 2D animation is always good. Mm-hmm. It's got that sort of rough style, but just a beautiful game based on a beautiful system. And it's just, if you like Slay the Spire and you want some more like that, play this. But be aware that there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more RPG here. It is still just a roguelike deck builder, so you do still fail and retry, but with buffs that you can unlock as you go. Buffs for your character, buffs for any character. All kinds of cool stuff. So this was scratching all my itches right when I just scratched the itch. And then I went, oh, it's making me itch even harder. I gotta play Grifflands. I gotta get it. It's coming out tomorrow as we're recording this. Today as you're listening to it. It's out right, for so, everything. It's 20 bucks. Right. Gotta get it. I know I know where this is going. All right. I will tell you all about Scarlet Nexus, Matt. I'll tell you how cool that game was. Don't you worry. I'll let you know how that game was. <laughs> this is just like, this is why we had that discussion off air. Because Scarlet Nexus... When I want an action game, that's what I'll play. When I want an anime game, that's what I'll play. When I want to be pulling all the strings and dealing cards and synergizing cards, I'll play one of these two other games. Uh-huh. So it's not going to slip by because it's not going to be like anything else. Oh, okay, all right. Good to go. Good to go, man. And while things are slipping by, Matt, do we got, do we got anything special? I mean, is there like a... Is there a pocket full of change or something going on out there? This is my favorite part of the show, which slipped by at least last week, if mm-hmm. not two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Shift codes for Golden Keys and Borderlands Game of the Year Edition. It's a fun game if you got it. Yeah, it was. Get yourself some free loot. And then speaking of things that passed us by, not a whole lot passed us by in the Gearbox segment because they haven't been doing a lot of stuff. Every single week they've had a new true trial. It's been rotating through the trials. There's a new one this week. I don't remember which one it is. It is the uh, Fervor, the Trial of Fervor, all right? So get your butts in there and check that one out. And just to know, you'll get the Maggie or Convergence. Those are the two, like, specific weapons for you. But remember, the Convergence is only in Psycho Krieg and the Fantastic Fuster Cluck, so you got to have that to get that. And speaking of things that you got to have to get, you got to have eyeballs to be able to get those eyeballs on these cool teaser picks, not just of Lilith, which was the only one I saw, but they've had cool teaser picks of lots of the characters from the Borderlands movies. Oh, yeah. yep. They're posting them all, the shadow pics of all of them with the cool little descriptor. Yep, there was Tiny Tina and Krieg as well. 
And yeah, I, th- I think we got them all. There were like five total, I think. Uh-huh. But definitely super cool. I mean, you can't see any details because the character is fully blacked out. Mental Mars even went and lightened up the images to see if there was any kind of sneaks or teases. Nothing, but still cool to see sort of what they're going to look like. I mean, uh-huh. you can fill in the details with your mind holes. Oh, yeah. You can already see that they are definitely going Borderlands style. Like, just the silhouettes of all the characters instantly went, oh, yep, okay. Cool beans. Mm-hmm. I know who that is. I know who that is. I know what's going on here. So they're following They're following the path. You know what I mean? It feels good. Things are sounding good. A lot of good talent on this. I don't want to get my hopes up too much, you know, because I know how that always ends up. I end up getting shot. Uh-huh. But it looks good. Things are looking good, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel more excited about Borderlands the movie. And for me, it's going to be just like World of Warcraft the movie. I don't care if it's freaking fantastic. I don't care if it's garbage in a freaking trash can. I'm going to go to the theater. I'm going to sit there with popcorn and I'm going to watch it. Because it's just, it's an IP. It's something I've loved and invested tons of time into. So how can I not? It it just doesn't make sense. If you're a fan, you're going to see this and you're going to watch it. And if it's amazing, (laughs) all the better. And if it's not, oh well, I'll secretly still enjoy it. And then I'll go, I understand your point. Yeah, I understand your point. Yeah, it was. And then I'll walk away and still go, whatever, I had fun. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I will see it no matter what anybody says about it. And it's got so many good actors and actresses in it. It can't be that bad. Maybe the story might not be like super up to par, but Borderlands stories are just kind of fun romps through anyway. You don't have to take it too seriously. I don't even watch the story. I just skip all the cutscenes. Oh, Gotta geez. skip the cutscenes. <laughs> oh, no. The more I see, the more I am excited for it. When they released the Lilith one, I was like, okay, that's that's literally her silhouette. Maybe a couple little changes here and there, but they're 100% spot on with it. How can you be anything but excited if you're a Borderlands fan? Hey, you know what I'm going to say, Eric? You know, it's my, oh, it's yeah. my favorite thing to Come say. Come on, yeah. It's a good time to be a Borderlands fan. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It is indeed a good time to be a Borderlands fan, but more importantly, it's a good time to be a fan of video games and even Gearbox if we want to stay in this realm because, Matt, this is it. This is our final conversation before E3 hits, Game Fest begins, the whole nine yards. This is it right here. That's true. This time next week, we're already going to be knee-deep. And all the goodies. Things are going to be popping. Things are going to be happening. All of it's going to be going crazy. And it's kicking off with the Games Fest, which is Thursday, June 10th, which is when we record Mm -hmm. the next episode. This is why I said this is the last one. Because when we record that one, I'm already going to know things. We're going to have already seen the press conference, which is, I think, 3 p.m. No, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday, June 10th. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh You can't be right about that. Nothing is ever at a decent hour Eastern time. You can't be right. It's it's unthinkable. 2 p.m. Eastern time, more than enough time for us to watch it, even after we get home, Mm -hmm. watch it, and then talk about it on a podcast. No, it's got to be like 15 minutes before the podcast has to start. They're like, well, I'm sorry. We couldn't do it. We can't do it. I'm sorry. That's got to be what it is. (laughs) Now, I don't want to get your hopes up too high, though, because the Game Fest is kind of a weird one. Right, yeah. This is where the press conference is, but they've got events. That's just when it kicks off. 
So there's going to be more events, and, and that includes the uh, Ubisoft Ford that comes on June 12th or whatever it is, et cetera, et cetera, plus all sorts of other stuff going on. Uh, I think Jeff said uh, Friday, June 11th, the Netflix Geek Week. You got the Koch Media Primetime, June 11th as well. June 12th, the Ubisoft Ford, which I already mentioned. Uh, June 13th, it's the Xbox Bethesda Games Showcase, but that's also going to be part of the E3 thing. Mm-hmm. So some of these events are kind of like converging, and they're part of both things yeah even though it's just weird because jeff kind of stepped away from e3 and started doing his own thing but some of these events are this are like for both of them apparently and that's weird but each of them are going to have their own exclusives as well and of course jeff posted up that you know square's going to be there gearbox all sorts of cool peeps and developers publishers and then e3 also posted that there's going to be a bunch going on so it's just weird. This one's going to be strange. We've talked about it already, how it's kind of broken up, but it looks like it's going to be at least compacted into like four or five days Yeah, that we're going to get everything that, which is your typical E3 type of time frame. So I'm stoked about it. I'm starting to feel like, as we mentioned last time, I'm starting to feel like this is real. This is real E3. And before we get to it, I just kind of wanted to go, was there anything that you saw, Matt? Anybody coming? Any games that you would hope to see based off developers, publishers that are coming? And I'll give you kind of a, an overall. EA is going to be around. Ubisoft, Xbox, Bethesda. Gearbox is coming, which apparently they've got some really cool announcements coming for it. And we've talked about that one briefly, probably Brothers in Arms. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you've also got uh, Square Enix showing up. With a whole bunch of crap. And Nintendo just announced that they're doing a whole 40-minute segment on games. What's coming out this year? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So everyone's stoked. Because, of course, there's that whole leak that... Uh, and this is, oh, if true, that the Switch Pro is going to be announced prior to E3 and Game Fest. Because a lot of the companies are going to want to start showcasing some of their Switch Pro games at this particular E3. That's all hearsay. He said, she said, we'll see if true. But So the thing I'm most excited about at E3 or the Summer Games Fest is no Switch Pro announcement. I'm excited to not hear anything about it because I've heard about it too much. If you follow me on Twitter, I retweeted someone who said that exact same thing. Do not ever talk about Switch Pro again in my presence. This is it. This is, this, this, this is the last time. Unless it's officially announced, boom, rubber stamp. Never again on the show. I can't deal with it anymore. I can't. We've, we've talked about it ten times already, Eric. It's not going to happen. It'll never happen. I'm excited for it to never happen. That's what I'm excited for. You're just Don't hater, get mad man. at me. Don't You're get mad at me. It's just the truth. You're a dirty <laughs> hater. It's going to happen. It's imminent. There's too many t- too many tongues flopping. It's all going down. Besides that, you got Bandai Namco showing up. Capcom, Take Two, everyone's going to be there for the most part. Sony excluded, but everyone's talking about how they're probably going to do their own thing and have some kind of state of play, which they just recently did with the whole Horizon Forbidden West stuff, which you said you hate that game and don't care about its stupid antagonist or protagonist and. And I was like, oh, okay, we won't talk about that then. That one I only say just to needle you. Because mm-hmm. I played a few hours of that game and it was fine, but it didn't hook me. That one's just oh, okay. to bug you. The Nintendo Switch Pro, though, that's not real. <laughs> Since you were talking about stuff that did just get shown off, the Far Cry 6 reveal. Mm-hmm. That looks freaking amazing. Now, I know neither of us are big Far Cry players. I tried to get into one of them not too long ago. Maybe it was free on one of the services and I just never got around to it. Not only am I excited, even though it's not that big of a deal where you can play as a dude or a chick this time. That's kind of cool. But then the whole like cobbled together aspect of all the guns, like all the guns are just like, I hooked a diesel engine onto this weird thing and now it shoots darts. It's like (laughs) diesel punk 
Yeah, weapons. I know what you're. I know what you're getting at. Yeah, the the weird just conglomeration of stuff to make these wacky wild weapons. And it kind of puts you in that mindset of you know you're revolutionary on this big island. You're not gonna just grab all the M16s and stuff. You're gonna have something that Dirty Weapon Joe cobbled mm-hmm. together, and that's what you fight with. I don't know. Something about that big reveal really got me excited for that. So hopefully that'll be here, and we can see even more about that because that's a Ubisoft game, and Ubisoft is here. Why not I'm show sure, off more? Of it? I'm sure we'll see some more on that one. And the best part about it is, like you said, I've I've never played a single Far Cry in my life. I've always looked at them from afar and went, "Yeah, it looks pretty cool," and just never played it. You know, it's it's kind of you know when you're a gamer, there's just you see some cool shit, but ultimately you have to just be like, "No, I can't. I can't go into that world. Just mm-hmm. can't do it. I got too many other worlds I'm in. I got too many other things I got to pay attention to." I'm going to let that world just be with, like, Assassin's Creed is another one for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let that world just be. I even I even have three of them. I own three Assassin's Creeds. <laughs> I've never played a single one. I'm just like, no, I can't do it. I own Far Cry 6 already. I have it. And and I keep watching all this stuff, and I go, Eric, you've, you've never touched them. You could have, because I think I have Far Cry 4, one of those. Yeah, never touched it, don't care. Mm-hmm. This one, like you said, man, I'm like... That looks just, that just looks fun. Oh, man. And I have it. I already own it. It's already coming to me. Oh, geez. Here we go. I might actually play Far Cry. That is one of those ones. I love watching people play it because you love seeing like the kind of chaos that can happen. Uh I'll never forget watching Jesse Cox play through, I think it was Far Cry 3, where he like got out of a big attack and then like all the animals came and attacked him too. And he jumped in the river and an alligator got him and he got out of the river and a big truck came running through and all kinds of crazy, just nonsense stuff, nonstop action craziness. Maybe the only one I've played is one. Maybe I played a little bit of another one here and there, but it's one I always wanted to get into. And something about the gameplay reveal just hooked me. I don't know what it was. So I want to see more of it so I can know if I'm really hooked or if I'm just sort of hooked. I got to see more and I want to see more. Because I want to be excited for it. I'll tell you this. Here's something you can definitely be excited for, man. All right? Bethesda's coming. Mm-hmm. Which means machine games, all of them are coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's that mean? What do you think that means? Where's Wolfenstein been? Huh? It's been quiet. It's uh-huh. been quiet. And, of course, I know they're working on another game or something right now. But that doesn't mean that they haven't been on a side hustle doing both, you know, two games at once. That's not unheard of. That's not impossible. Mm-hmm. So... I think we're getting a trailer for Wolfenstein. All right. Now here's the sad part: is I was just gonna say gonna I'm Xbox excited, exclusive. but I'm gonna be mad. Oh no, I'll be excited <laughs> okay. for that. What I'm saying is I'll be excited to see it, but I'll be mad because they'll be like, "Oh, it's Return to Classic Wolfenstein." Just BJ running around. No, no sis, no sis, no, no sis, sis, sis. They're gonna sis. be. In. We saw the ending to Youngblood. All right. They're all going together. So somehow, some way, this game incorporates the sisters and BJ himself, of course. I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. You remember Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker? You remember watching that? Mm-hmm. You remember how Rose was a big character all the way through Last Jedi? And then they went... And they just dumped her? She went, I'm just going to stay here. I'll talk to you on the radio, maybe. That's going to be sis and sis. They're going to be like, oh, I'm on the radio, sis. I'm on the other radio, sis. We're not going to be playable characters, though. We're not going to have cool co-op fun times. Go no. get him, Daddy. No, it's not going to be that way. We, we've we talked about this already, Matt. That our dream is coming to life. You're going to be sisses. You're going to be the sis. 
All right. And your daddy's going to be on the radio. And you as the sisters are going to go through and actually do all sorts of cool shit and have a great time. And you're going to see the destruction and the extra tools and the setup that your father, BJ, keeps leaving for you as he's going through and traversing different stuff while you're tackling something. So he's going to be on that radio going, how are my girls doing? Woohoo! And you're going to be like, God damn, sis, tell dad that we're doing great. Oh, we found that rocket launch you left behind, dad. Oh, we blew up them damn Nazis. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be the opposite of what you said. The girls are going to be rock and roll, and the daddy's just going to be the side hustle character who's going to drop in. Like, you're going to get a big old fight where you and your sister are getting your ass kicked, all right? It's one of those. You're going to come into the big match. And BJ's going to just drop down, yeah? And he's going to go wrecking face, and that's how your daddy does it. And he's going to fly off, and you're going to be like, damn, dad, we're going to be just like you. And then you're going to run off again. Oh, yeah. Now, I 100% want that to happen. Yes. I 100% don't think it'll happen, but I will throw in this caveat. You know, Wolfenstein Youngblood was kind of a it was kind of a side piece. It mm-hmm. wasn't like a whole new entry. So, what do I always say on this podcast about smaller games? You could just Far Cry Blood Dragon it. If Wolfenstein 3 is going to be just a BJ only game, why not have the Sis game like 6 8 months later slide in hey here's a little co-op experience where you're following along after BJ or you're on the mission that the girls did when they were off on the radio this, this is, is what, what they, they were doing. doing and you're participating and this is a first DLC and you can use all the assets but just have different levels or like rework the levels mm-hmm. if BJ's gone through and blown them up now instead of a nice bunker it's a big smoking bunker and there's terminator robots in there I shouldn't say it's so easy, but it's so easy. Far Cry does it all the time. They always blood dragon it. And look, yeah. you could do it. Everybody could do it. They better. You know, I know that there's so many haters of Youngblood, and they're all wrong, and they're all so stupid. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind how stupid they are. Yeah. The daughters are freaking fantastic. They're fun. They're ridiculous. They're over the top. It was just a hoot and a holler to play. And they're not just a, even, and this is how I know they're not going to be gone. Is They're literally included. Hello, look at us three walking into the new area to do the thing. So whatever way they're integrated, at least know they're there. So yeah. I'm I'm hopeful at least that something, whether it be in a DLC, you get to do a co-op adventure that's like a five or seven hour, sh- you know, shtick. Or if I'm right and actually it's the girls taking the lead and the dad being the side character. And even if I'm wrong and your original thought's right, at least they're there. So at least yeah. over the intercoms, I'm going to get those two come, being buffoons back and forth while I'm smoking fools as BJ and laughing at them constantly and having a good time. Now, see, here's what we can do. Even if it is just a traditional single-player game, on a Friday night, we got to designate. Friday after it comes out, you and me drinking beers, playing it solo on the headset. So anytime Sis comes in, Sis! Sis! Fly mm. that helicopter, Sis! Woo! <laughs> We pick up the roles, so when they're talking, we got to say what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We got to be, we got to be in it. We got to be in it to win it. Just handling business, playing our game separately, but being together. I like mm. it. That's what we're gonna do. I hope that's what Bethesda gives us. Beyond that, I'm not too excited about the uh, the Xbox Bethesda showcase myself. Is there anything in there that you're hoping for or anything? Or the last time they did a big Bethesda thing, it was like right after they announced the merger. There were so many other little teams in there that did stuff that I forgot about. Like, I can't remember them now off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see what they will bring to the table. I mean, I'm not a big Elder Scrolls fan. I'm not a big Fallout yeah. guy. Mm-mm. But I want to see what they do. Because Bethesda is like one of those big umbrella companies where, you know, like we said, machine games. You don't think of them as a Bethesda 
thing, but they're under the umbrella. So I'm excited to see what big thing gets announced if something big does get announced, but I'm excited to see all the little things too. Plus, it'll be Xbox exclusive, timed exclusive, maybe. So I'll get to play it first. You'll get to just sit in the corner like a sucker. Unless, unless they could be nice to me on my PC. Maybe. Probably, probably not, will. though. Or maybe they will. You know what, Matt? You're being optimistic. Let's do that. Let's do that. So we'll move on, of course. Square Enix. Anything coming from there? You might, Like, for me, I'll just start uh, the Triangle game. Triangle, whatever the hell it was. Project Triangle Strategy? Project Triangle Strategy. Yeah, we got yeah. the demo of that, and then just... Whoosh, Nothing. Off the map. Gone. I haven't heard a word or peep since. That's probably got to show up here, right? I mean, you'd think... I mean, sure, it was like a playable alpha demo, mm-hmm. but you would think at least a trailer, like a new look at some kind of system in there, maybe a more detailed look at the, the voting system, something like that. Other than that, for me, Square Enix is another one of those umbrella companies. I can't think of like one thing that I'm very excited for other than that, which you reminded me of, but I know they're going to have a ton of stuff. Well, Life is Strange, if you're into that. But there's a lot of stuff I don't think of as Square Enix stuff. Uh, Hitman. I never think of that as a Square Enix game, but it totally is, or has been forever. I don't know the status of it right now, uh-huh. but they have a lot of stuff that I just don't think of as theirs. So Legacy of Kane's under them, right? Eidos, Eidos is under Square, right? Eidos, yes. whatever. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we get a, uh, you know, Soul Reaver? That'd be cool, right? Maybe bring back some Legacy of Kane. Not gonna happen, but it could happen. Just saying, that's that's what you're talking about. This weird titles that yeah, you're just like they own that. What? How'd they own that? When they get that? Or like those titles that we've been watching and forget about, and we go, oh, oh yeah, that game, and I forgot that was a Square Enix game. There will be same thing with Bethesda. It's gonna be the same thing for me. I'm gonna watch it with no expectations and no hype, and then go, oh that, oh that, oh, okay, and, or just whatever they show. It's gonna look cool because they're both two awesome companies. So. Yeah, and before we move off them, I just blanket statement want to say I do hope to see more of uh, Final Fantasy 16 or whatever the hell it's called these days. Oh yeah, definitely. I want to see more of that. That that definitely got my attention back when they did the original trailer, and so I'll always get more hyped whenever I see stuff on it. They claim that this game's you know much closer to being ready than what we typically think whenever you know Square shows us something like 500 years from now. So I don't know what to expect from that. Whether twenty twenty one at the end, twenty twenty three, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. Square Enix is one of those ones. I'm like, I don't trust anything time wise. You guys say really, and that's exactly why I didn't mention it. We will probably see another trailer for it, but it'll be like thirty seconds longer, and we'll have to wait ten more years for it. Mm-hmm. But if what they say is true, it's another interesting yeah. if true. Interesting if true. I'm excited for it because it looks really cool, but we haven't really seen anything. You know me, I don't trust CG trailers. That CG no. trailer looked cool. If we get another one, that'll look cool too. When I see gameplay, I'll get excited. I want to see more, but I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe we'll we'll see enough yet. Yeah, and we've talked about Gearbox coming. We already talked about that in a previous episode, Brothers in Arms, maybe some new IP, something crazy they're working on. Here's to hoping. But also, we got Capcom and Take-Two coming. And there's one in there. Take Two has got a, you know, Take Two is one of those ones for me where they got all sorts of crap. Yeah. I don't even really know about, and it'll just be a surprise if I see something that I'm like, oh, ho, ho. I know like Ace Attorney uh, is coming. I know that one's for sure. Some new great, you know, Ace Attorney stuff's gonna happen. You're right. I did just see. Oh, ah, is that coming out already though? Yeah. Oh, shoot. The Great Ace Attorney Collection apparently is something they're for sure gonna be 
uh, talking about. And so that's still around the corner. Yes. I saw I saw one thing about that on Twitter, and it went on my list. Oh yeah, because it's coming in like July or something. Because it mm-hmm. was it fell off of our Q two thing. That's why I forgot about it because I didn't talk about it. So I'm excited for that because I love Ace Attorney games and those two like historical Ace Attorney games never came out in English. I think I started watching some guys play through of it with it sub you know fan translated in English on YouTube and I just couldn't get behind it because I wasn't the one sitting there tapping and doing the cool stuff. Mm. So I'm super excited for that. Well, that's gonna be cool. All right, and and besides that, like I said, it'll be all surprises for me. I know Capcom's going to be talking about more Resident Evil stuff, apparently. I don't know what that means, new games or DLCs or whatever. I'm excited either way, because if it's a DLC for 8, I'm all aboard. If it's a new Resident Evil, I'm probably all aboard, so that's exciting. I'm excited to see more of uh, the Mercenaries mode, which we already, it's been revealed, and it's already coming to 8, but I want to see more about it, because... When I watch anybody play Mercenary Mode, it looks like so much fun. I love time attack stuff. I love combo stuff. So if they add in the, you know, like the melee prompts that were all in all the other ones to this Mercenary Mode, I feel like that's what's really going to get me playing that. Because, I, you know, I like playing Resident Evil 8, but if it's still just shoot, shoot landmines and not like shoot them in the knee and then you can do a spin kick because you are playing as the Leon skin or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that'll take it over the top and make it super fun. Yeah, that would be cool. Like I said, any DLC of any kind, I'm going to give that game a shot and bust it back up, get it back in there and rock and roll. Now, of course, as is our yearly tradition, as is etiquette, as is just demanded upon us, Capcom is going to be there. All right? What's Capcom do? They do this game. It's called Breath of Fire. Oh, God. Yes, it's... <laughs> Uh, every year, Matt, I'm going to say it every year until it comes true. RPGs are bigger now. You look at Persona 5's open the floodgates. Everyone loves it. You say that every year. You say <laughs> that for the past 10 years. That's RPGs are bigger than they've ever been this year. <laughs> look at this great RPG. They're going to do it. it this time. It's a tradition. I've got to say it. You know what? I will sit here with our listeners, and I will say this until someday 40 years from now it's real. Okay? Just say it. Breath of Fire, Capcom, do yourself a favor. When you said that, I was thinking there is some Capcom RPG or strategy RPG that I actually really like, and I couldn't put my finger on it. So I just Googled Capcom RPGs. And the second result, the second result is from Destructoid. I'm going to read it verbatim. Capcom can't be bothered with RPGs anymore. This is the second result if you look for RPGs for Capcom on Google, man. You're never going to get it. I hope you do, because I know you'll be very excited and you will love it very much. Don't right? Destructoid, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what? <laughs> you don't even know. You're lost. You're lost in the sauce. The sheep have got you, my friend. You're on an adventure. And you're not coming back. So the only thing I could pull up on the quick Google search for Capcom RPGs is uh, the, I think they're the ones who program it, the uh, Project Cross Zone series that was on the 3DS that had, you know, Capcom characters, Namco characters in a strategy RPG setting. I love those games. Namco Cross Capcom, the Japanese exclusive I played in Japanese on my PS2 ages ago. I would like to see them do more of that. They did an Onimusha Tactics game back on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, that'd be sweet to see some Onimusha again. If they pull up some old thing they, they do every now and then, I'd like to see that strategy RPG with lots of fun crossovers because those are always a blast. I always love playing those. So that's going to be my pie in the sky. You can look at Breath of Fire or 6 or 7 or 8 over mm-hmm. here, and I'll look I think at it's 6. But... Yeah, some kind of tactical strategy RPG over here is what I'll look at. 
So while we're doing with that though, with those, all right, Bandai Namco. I don't know if you got something to say, but I'm just looking forward to Scarlet Nexus. I don't really yeah. know what else Bandai's up to. Like I said, it hasn't been one I've followed all the time forever. I know Code Vein back in the day, but that's only because I watched some show recently <laughs> that brought it up. But hey, I don't know. They also do the Tales stuff, though, right? Maybe we'll see a oh, little yeah. bit more Tales, Tales of Arise. Arise. No yeah. shit. I'm an idiot. Jeez, oh, pizza. It tells you how long it's been since I've got a good Tales game that I've cared about. Man, I feel terrible now because I love Tales. Just the last couple have been not... Not something that keep me interested. They were those good fall asleep games. Yeah, exactly. Do you need to go to bed? Play this Tales game. <laughs> You'll for sure be sleeping in 40 minutes. So hopefully Tales of Arise comes. We'll see some more gameplay on that because that's right around the corner. I think it's September-ish or something of this year we get it. Yeah. Uh, and then Nintendo Direct. All right. Anything? Like I said, they just announced they're doing a huge shebang. 40 minutes of game software stuff they're talking about. Breath of the Wild 2, of course, is like the dominant one. Right. The new Donkey Kong Country that's being worked on with some of the team that did Odyssey. So it's going to be oh, a Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a 3D Donkey Kong apparently that we're getting. Is that showing up here? I don't know, maybe. I feel like that's too soon because there were only like rumors that the team was working on it like a month or so ago. So I feel like that's too soon, but I would like to see that because I loved Odyssey, I love Donkey Kong Country. I'd like to see that come together because I haven't played a Donkey Kong Country game in since the Super Nintendo. Ah, see, so, yeah, you missed out. You got to get that Tropical Freeze. It was really good. And I heard it was nothing but good, but it just keeps sliding past. Mm-hmm. Other than that, for Nintendo, for me, I can't think of like a specific thing that I'm hoping to see, but it's, again, one of those... All the directs well, that I do watch, there's like three or four games that I'm like, I've never heard of that before, but that looks awesome. Yeah, well, besides the surprises, which I can't figure out, you know what I mean? A new Mario Brothers Odyssey, Odyssey 2. I feel like the Switch is going to have a lifespan to where we could get two Mario Odysseys, just like we did with Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And we might see a second one. And that would be just fantastic to yeah, play through another Mario game. I'd be down for that. Or uh, a Mario Kart. That's what everybody always says. Because they, there's no Switch Mario Kart. All they did was just took the, uh, the Wii Mario U Kart one, yeah. from the Wii U and just brought it over. So it's we haven't even got a, a Mario Kart from the Switch yet. So that'd be something. But once again, from what I hear, and it makes sense, that thing is still the number one or two seller every week, forever. Mm-hmm. Always has been since it came out. Why would they make another one when it just keeps selling at the number one or two spot forever? Yeah. So I don't know. Nintendo, for me, has the potential. Like Metroid, maybe pop out something, but I doubt it. Like you said, the Donkey Kong Country would be really cool, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be showcased. Yeah. But I didn't like Breath of the Wild, so I'm like, well, I mean, that's cool. I'm I'm happy that a lot of people are going to be going flipping the lid, but I don't know. I don't like the direction Zelda's going, so I can't really get too hype about it. So for me, the, the Nintendo Direct, I'm like, I'll definitely watch, but I don't know. There's nothing in there that I'm like, I'm going to flip a lid and go crazy if it's on here. Yeah, there's nothing going in that I have that feeling of, but... I will be surprised or enamored by something that they show because mm-hmm. I always am. Yeah. Whether it's an indie game or just a you know a, a BT release like Famicom Detective Club, when that popped up on my screen during the last one that I watched, I went, "Oh God, I got to get those." So there's going to be something, but I don't have any expectations going in. I got nothing. Yeah. And then to end it all, there's probably going to be some random crap happening. And for me, the only thing that I really truly care about, and I hope shows up is uh, Striking Distance and Callisto Protocol. 
I want to see more in this game. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Probably not. I think they're years away from this game coming out. Yeah. So I think right now with that, you know, the cool little fun teaser they did a while back, I think they're going to shut up for a bit and tell probably next year. And then we might see some kind of mild gameplay with another CG attached to it. And then the year after that, we'll probably get the actual game. So I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm hoping. That's my like little random one from the PUBG because PUBG owns them now or whatever. So huh. yeah, it's crazy. And Callisto Protocol is owned by, like I said, the PUBG core. And they said you have to make this game based in the PUBG world because all of our stuff is synergized. So this game is going to technically take place in the PUBG world. So I don't know. It's going to be wild and weird. I don't expect it to have make any sense, but it doesn't matter because you're going to be on some crazy moon doing some weird experimentation projects and what does PUBG world even mean i don't know just streamers and kids know. screaming on twitch what, I don't... with like regular old weapons that are, have nothing to do with future or anything so running around putting a hat on hiding mm-hmm. behind a car and shooting people i don't i don't whatever <laughs> exactly that that part when it was told to me i was just like that don't matter don't care it means just, nothing that means nothing to me let's just get to this cool moon that we're going to be based on and get the crazy stuff that I'm, you know, loving from the old Dead Space world since it's folks from that making this one. Yeah. So I'm excited and I hope to see that. Probably won't, but that's my random one that I hope shows up somewhere in all the Game Fest events, E3 crap. Well, it's going to be all over the place. Who knows? I think the only other thing for me, I only have one specific thing, but Devolver Digital has been on the Games Fest announcement list ever since it started. So whatever they are publishing or you know have an internal team developing and are going to show off i will be excited for because they always do all kinds of really interesting or really weird stuff that sludge life game that's totally weird off the wall i probably will never play it but i like looking at it and going that's something weird that devolver digital tweets out about all the time and there is one game that i'm looking forward to that they i think they said is coming out sometime this year hopefully it gets a release date and a much more extended trailer I believe it's called Death's Door. It's kind of that 2D isometric dungeon crawling with like the big, beautiful bosses that have all the cool, intricate attacks. I know I retweeted a bunch of the trailers. Whenever I do see one, I retweet it. And I know you reacted to one of them. But that game looks beautiful. It looks amazing. And it looks like it plays crazy fun. And whether it's a roguelike or just a dungeon crawler, I have no idea. But it looks awesome. I can't wait to see more of that somewhere in this whole pile of games mm-hmm. hopefully and and of course i was excited that konomi was coming because of course all the hey haw and talk that silent hill is going to be resurrected or any other castlevania i mean any of the freaking konomi franchises but they backed out they said uh they do have a really big thing being made but they just weren't ready to actually let people know what it is yet and what it's all about so that's got to wait. So I was sad about that because I was super stoked about it. It's a pachinko machine. Pachinko no slots. Hey, that's fine. If it's a really cool one, bring it to Soaring Eagle or whatever is around here and I'm going to go play it. <laughs> I, know, I know I told you when I went down to Gun Lake Casino that's, mm-hmm. down, that's down there like years ago, I was walking through and just like out of the corner of my eye, shing, Konami logo. And I went, what? Oh, it's just video slots. Damn it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, there they are, living their best life. (laughs) They said they're getting back into gaming. You know what? I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt. We'll see. Interesting if true. I'm going to label that under that one, too. (laughs) 
So what about you out there in podcast listener land? What are you looking forward to? What are you pie in the sky in for? What do you think is absolutely not going to happen? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under thirdshift. Indeed, you can find us on all those locations. You can also find us over on the old Patreon. Like what we're doing. Like what you hear. Consider going over there. Throw us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks. All those bucks will get you some extra episodes of things, some cool stuff happening. It'll also help us pay the bills, pay the internet. Internet wants our money. We got to give it to them so we can stay up on the airs. That's how it works. We appreciate everyone who has in the past or will in the future. Throw us a couple bucks. It's super appreciated and awesome of you to do such a thing. Because if you can't, hey, that's okay too. Mailbag questions, five-star ratings on the iTunes, uh, the, the thumbs-ups and the likes on the Twitters. Any interaction at all, we appreciate and hope that you consider doing to make us smile, make us happy. So we have a sparkle in the eye going into our day jobs at work. You know what I mean? Just keep us going. And speaking of keep it going, this podcast is going to keep going because the next episode is coming out on the 10th in the middle of or right at the beginning of... All the E3 stuff. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. As I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a view, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Yes, we do. We also appreciate those five-star reviews. We're not even going to check if there was one. It's a, it's a week of mourning uh, for the three we lost last week. That's right. Uh, I, even though I had to kill them. They deserved it, but we also pay our respects around here. So, you know, it's a week of a week of mourning. We won't look, I won't punish and or ask. We'll see you next week with all a whole new thing. Who knows? And with that, there's nothing else to say but to do Don't do to do. Shut up and sit down.